Hello everyone, this is Industry Insights, the European Film Markets podcast of Berlinale Film Festival, which is about and for film and media industry. The podcast features long episodes as an year-round series and spotlights highly topical and transcending industry issues. But this episode, however, is a special one. My name is Tamara, I come from Georgia and I'm here as an international industry consultant and I will be hosting this special episode which is co-developed and produced in cooperation with Goethe Institute. Normally these episodes are reflecting the industry issues, sustainability, the future of audiovisual markets, but today We are responding, and this is a common effort to respond to the fully-scaled Russian military invasion of sovereign country of Ukraine. It is our joint attempt to understand what's happening with our friends and colleagues from film industry on spot in Ukraine, and it will be our attempt to see how an international film and media community can support them What are the support mechanisms that are meaningful and how can we advance them in the future? And in this difficult conversation, I am delighted to welcome three wonderful female guests. And firstly, I need to welcome Yulia Sinkevich, who is a prolific Ukrainian film professional and who is connecting to us from Ukraine right now. Many of you here will know that Yulia is a former executive producer of Odessa International Film Festival. She's been a consultant to many projects in Ukraine and internationally, and she also acts as an independent producer now. Thank you very much, Yulia, for finding time while being in Ukraine on soil to be part of this conversation. Thank you so much. Next to the round is a Georgian filmmaker and producer, Katie Majavariani. Some of you will know her from a very well-known film called Salt White, which premiered in um, Carlo Vivari Film Festival a couple of years ago. Uh, her recent documentary titled Sunny premiered in Hot Dogs, and Katie has uh, numerous colleagues and friends in Ukraine, and I'm sure that she has things to say. The last but not the least, of course, is our wonderful colleague from Germany, representing German producing company Elemac Pictures, Tanja Gergieva-Weldhauer, who is, is German-based but is of Bulgarian origin and who has direct experience of co-producing with Ukrainian talent. To name few is the film Volcano by Roman Bandarchuk. I know that uh, Tanya also works with Daria Dasha Basel, representing the local documentary film festival. And obviously, we are all here in solidarity to make some of our colleagues understand the gravity of the situation that is happening on site in Ukraine right now. In our industry, we used to say that we like to create um, moving images that are impactful to make our society a better place to be, that we think that the films that we are producing or making are making us more empathetic. We discuss a lot of this in different platforms, forums, even in chats and drinks that film industry likes to use as a networking field. But today I turn to Yulia and I need to ask her 
what's happening on European soil when there is a fully-fledged war, when one person, a dictator, has decided to revisit the European political map and entered a sovereign country of Ukraine. This is how I understand it. And it's also a reality, and let's be open, that there are still people who do not fully grasp what's happening in Ukraine right now. And Yulia is the best place to tell us. Did this war really start on February 24, Yulia, or what has been the precondition for that? How do you see this? What's the insider context? Well, first of all, uh, of course, this war like, technically started on uh, February 24th, but of course, there have been many talks and uh, warnings for several months before uh, that uh, Russia might invade Ukraine, that they are gathering troops around the borders of Ukraine from three sides. If you look at the map uh, of Ukraine, we are surrounded now, now by Russian troops and military Uh, and of course, uh, on the first place, when it all happened, and many people did not believe till the very last moment that it can actually happen. Uh, our war, uh, or let's say the war against us, uh, against Ukraine, started in 2013-2014, when uh, annexation of Crimea happened when the eastern part of Ukraine was invaded and so-called DNR and LNR republics uh, were formed, whatever this is, like it's not a, a, any legal, um, legal entity whatsoever. Uh, and we knew that uh, for the past eight years that might happen any moment because uh, obviously that was not enough. The status of those territories uh, is unclear. And uh, when in the night uh, it actually happened and the whole country uh, was awakened by the bombings, by uh, this rude um, declaration of uh, war uh, to Ukraine or They call it denazification of Ukraine, which is complete nonsense. Uh, of course, uh, you don't know how to react at first. You are shocked. You think of your family. You think of your relatives. You think of the people who are close to you. You try to figure out and gather all the thoughts. It's also so mean uh, when this happens in the middle of the night, uh, when the whole country is asleep. And uh, of course, you just wake up out of this uh, awful shock. Uh, I don't know. It's uh, I haven't been sleeping for the past two weeks, actually, almost uh, almost didn't sleep, like barely, a couple of hours a night, uh, waking up uh, every night uh, because of the sirens, because of the news, because of the messages and because of everything. And uh, on the first place, we are human beings and we don't think professional at this moment. Uh, like we think of our lives at this moment and we don't think about the film industry. That's the basic um, value, you know, to think of your uh, yourself and your family. But uh, of course, uh, after the first shock uh, was over, more or less uh, of course we think of what what are we what is our profession and what can we do under these circumstances and our filmmakers immediately um, reacted and started filming because it's not only art 
but it's also a proof of what's happening because the world has to see what is actually happening and they're documenting and filming all the crimes which are uh, happening here in Ukraine at the moment. Thank you very much. I completely understand that this is absolutely not easy to to talk about it right now. So um, uh, thanks for for your uh, energy uh, for being here with us. And I think that uh, I would like to uh, turn to Katie, who is from Georgia, as I am myself, and who sadly has an experience of knowing what does it mean when your country is invaded. Um, and that brings me to not only to the Soviet history as such, but it's uh, 2008 when uh, Russian invasion happened in, in Georgia. And I think, Katie, for you as well, um, this very strange transformation of being an artist and filmmaker and suddenly finding yourself as a citizen who who needs to understand that you are under an attack, that the country is under attack. This is something that you went through. You, 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 re, you know how it feels. So maybe you come in and uh, share your perspective on this situation. Yes, yes, I am from country in which uh, Russia occupied almost 20% of uh, our uh, land. Uh, and I understand that um, the size of invasion is uh, very different, but I still remember this feeling when we were getting information from almost 50 kilometers from uh, capital Tbilisi. And then one night suddenly uh, this uh, sound of bombs woke up and all city were out. So we can share this, uh, but uh, comparing, uh, it's, uh, it's not uh, worse to compare because it's uh, same same feeling of uh, being uh, attacked and then you will start to be to transform to face somehow how to face this aggression and uh, to be citizen to to help somehow your friends uh, whenever they are so I, I I'm a bit emotional but still I can't uh, uh, can't be. It's a, It's our um, like a, a, a duty, and it's our. Uh, we have to somehow reach our voices to society because because in 2008 it was a bit uh, difficult to give to whole world uh, information what happened uh, in Georgia, and we were victims of invasion, Russian invasion, that it was not only small conflict in one region of Georgia, but it was uh, invasion of uh, one country to the territory of another country. Yes, it is. And I think there's been an... Um enormous bravery of uh, Ukrainian uh, filmmakers who have, in, in my personal view, opposed to dictatorship in the most efficient way. And what I mean here is that, to the best of my understanding, dictatorship normally feeds on chaos and on despair. This is why it really exists. But what I'm seeing in in this world that is also equipped with uh, digital uh, innovation tools with us being connected now here online, what our peers are doing in Ukraine, they are so organized. They are really 
transforming from artistic division into some kind of a newsfeed, uh, humanitarian, uh, you name it, division, and really acting proactively while being on soil of Ukraine. So, Yulia, you, I think, have been part of many local networks that are in different uh, actions right now. Would you confirm that, that you are like really <laughs> extremely yes. organized, if I may say it, on site? That's true, because once the first shock, as I said, was over, people started to think what they can do, uh, what will be the best place for them uh, to do, like men, filmmakers, or let's say people of culture, men of culture, made sure that their family uh, are safe, that their children are in safe place, because children, they don't have to have these memories. I mean, they don't have to be here. This is not the memories you need for for kids. So, and then they returned and came back. And uh, it's, um, it's a war on every uh, level. It's uh, being on the front line. Many actors, directors are actually in either civil defense um, units or uh, actually join the army. Uh, many are uh, working as journalists or filmmakers uh, actually filming what's going on. Some are volunteering at, uh, uh, at various activities because it's also humanitarian aid. Uh, it's taking care of older people. It's helping children. It's uh, organizing evacuations. Some uh, people are working as drivers, whatever uh, they need to deliver or uh, to organize. Uh, some are very, very much um, uh, working on uh, informational field because it's also a war, uh, informational war, because there are very many fakes uh, and uh, the words of Russian media, if you ca can call them <laughs> that, uh, I mean, they, they say the lies and they turn things upside down. And it's also important to deliver uh, the information that what is happening here is not normal for the 21st century. It, and uh, with me, I'm also, uh, I was working with um, international press, uh, helping also to cover uh, the events uh, of uh, the first and uh, one, one week and a half uh, of the events which were happening in Ukraine until the moment I actually uh, had to leave Kiev because it's uh, really getting too dangerous. Uh, and also, I cannot, unfortunately, disclose what is exactly uh, happening out of security reasons. I never imagined I can say that, but uh, uh, there are many uh, initiatives uh, which are happening, and uh, I'm here more effective uh, being a little bit away from Kiev to... Um, supply uh, those who stayed there with um, resources they need and with uh, ammunition and protection and uh, also help on the uh, level of information uh, and uh, speaking out and deliver the truth. I, your, your message is fully understood and there is absolutely no need to disclose anything uh, in this very sensitive situation. And I will move to Tanya now, who um, in... Um, normal circumstances is a producer co-producing with different talent and Ukraine's being on your map, right? You, 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 you've been there, you have colleagues, you have friends. And I know that since uh, February 24, you have found a role in, uh, as a supporting uh, 
person to to somehow be make yourself useful with many of your peers um, to to what's happening in Ukraine. So maybe you could expand on 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 what's happening on your ground in in support of Ukrainian colleagues. Uh, yes, of course. Um, I have to say, like from the very beginning, that I've been following the events around Ukraine since a while. I am co-producing with Ukraine since 2012. Uh, already the Ukrainian shows by Roman Bondarchuk have been my first Ukrainian co-production. And in the last days and weeks before the 24th of February, I was really very much involved into, I wasn't really involved in the events, but I was following those events and I could feel this tension coming up. We've been even openly discussing in this co-production team if we I've been offering already days before to my co-producers that they can come to my place that we would save them and uh, they uh, rejected of course they wanted uh, to stay uh, at home and um, I I felt um, ex when the events really started, the invasion, uh, the, 20 the night of the 24th of February, I, f I felt an extreme sadness and anger as I have never felt before, I really have to say. Uh, and I couldn't really place all my, my feelings and have been literally happy about a message from my co-producers the morning after when they wrote me um, that it's super nice uh, that we offer to pick them up at the border and to uh, offer them a safe place at our place. But what they really need are, um, is some equipment. <laughs> they wrote uh, directly, we need equipment to shoot and we need equipment to protect ourselves uh, while uh, we shoot. And um, that's how this, in this um, supporting role I mean, I don't know if it's really a role, but because it's not myself, I'm not alone. There are many other colleagues in Germany who are doing this with me. So it's just a coincidence that I am sitting here. There are many people behind, uh, like Mark Bauder, Gebrüder Beetz, Maria Wisniewski, Wolfgang Bergmann, and many others. We also managed to start a call for donations, and we managed to get a lot of uh, uh, support from um, the Produzentenverband. So that's the German producers. Association, from the German Film Academy, from the German Academy for Television, for from Agidoc, so that's the Association of German Documentary Filmmakers, and they're supporting us not only like um, officially by spreading our call for donations or even donating um, themselves, but as a lot of members from those organizations are giving their best, they are driving, they're picking people up from the border, they're donating equipment and money, and we are trying to find a structure in how to provide our colleagues uh, with the equipment um, they need and how to help them also to spread um, uh, the word. I'm also, um, it's uh, due to the action or initiative from Hans-Robert Eisenhower, so some uh, people might know him quite well from his previous uh, job as, at Arte. He made a very well connection to a lot of German commissioning editors for documentaries, and we are currently now trying to get them on board uh, to a lot of uh, Ukrainian productions, be it productions which are done already or just in the development or in the beginning and we're just trying to, uh, yeah, as I said, give them uh, a voice uh, somehow. And also, I know and also that a lot of people are trying to get in touch with German cinemas, theatres and festivals and trying to show Ukrainian films and not only because they want to... Um, 
collect some money with this and to really directly uh, support Ukrainian colleagues with uh, the money, but also, as I said, to give them a possibility to show their own um, point of view on Ukraine. Uh, thank you very much, Tanya. And you've pointed out something important to which I fully agree. I think that we are here, four of us now, but we represent many. Uh, and that is an important thing to say. Uh, may, and I will avoid really going one by one because luckily there's been a lot of initiatives that tried to make themselves useful and helpful, even though myself being originally from Georgia and knowing uh, a bit what our colleagues in Ukraine are going through now. There, there's no support that is enough and nothing is really sufficient. But, you know, the, the feeling being connected and really trying to be taking a collective action as a community is something very important, not only for our dear uh, colleagues in Ukraine, but for all of us, because we are in this together. This is what I personally really believe. So it's us speaking, but of course there are numerous initiatives who are, you know, pointed or made focal towards the um, towards the invasion of Ukraine that we are witnessing. Um, Katie, you've been also um, very active participant of. Uh, Georgian actions of the same kind. Could you briefly overview um, your part of the world, so to say? Comparing uh, the need which is uh, which our colleagues and the uh, whole Ukrainian, I mean, uh, society has it's a tiny like uh, like a drop in the sea. But we tried to uh, to collect to raise funding for helmets and jackets for uh, Ukrainian filmmaker, not for Ukraine, but uh, filmmakers from whole world too, that they feel safer while shooting and giving, uh, uh, collecting information for whole world uh, about uh, this uh, horrible war. And the second, as Tanya mentioned, uh, we have uh, um, my colleagues, uh, uh, like organized re retrospective for, for Ukrainian films and uh, whole cities uh, uh, like uh, covered with uh, um, uh, with the posters and uh, we are trying to reach uh, even local society to acknowledge them what happened uh, since 2008. 14 of uh, 13 that uh, this is not uh, this is this started not from uh, two weeks ago but years ago and uh, that's uh, two days ago we had uh, like a live conversation with Roman Bondarchuk after his scre uh, screening of his film Ukrainian sheriffs and whole uh, uh, like a whole uh, I mean audience was uh, uh, crying and uh, like supporting him he was uh, in with his family and driving it it, it is uh, weird but uh, I, I think even one word even one applaud in this very tough time can support uh, filmmakers uh, uh, and uh, I don't know how to express. <laughs> yeah, it's it's fine. Um, uh, you're, you're touch basing on something uh, equally important, and that is the power of cinema. And I hope that we will not be discussing it in the context of the actual war for a long time. But all of us here in this call are used to discussing the power of cinema as such, and whether films are 
predicting something that may happen or if they are really making audiences being a bit more aware of the issues that the world is facing. And sometimes for an individual viewer, it means to leave your comfort zone, right, Julia, and to understand what's happening in, in other countries, in other contexts, and accept it the way it is. So I wonder if you actually had time, Yula, to, to think about it, which, which are very strange times for that. But in this chaos and in this movement, in these actions that you take, do you still think of film as a powerful communicator, as a powerful weapon, as some people call it? Absolutely. And uh, actually, I'm in a late post-production stage with my project. And the problem is now that uh, all the materials are hard to uh, to deliver to a safer place. And of course, I'm worried that this work might be lost or something might happen. But uh, despite of that, of course, uh, I think that cinema is a super powerful tool. And of course, there will be many, many films afterwards, and we will be reflecting on the events uh, for at least a decade, I think. And I was asked recently, how do I see the future of Ukrainian film industry in, in that context? Like, what, uh, is, what, what kind of vector uh, will be? Yeah? What is uh, the direction of the development? And I see it clearly that it's most likely it will be a Balkan scenario, yeah? the scenario of Balkan films. So we will be associated with these events for longest time. And... Uh, of course, it's been only two weeks, so let's say only, but it feels like ages. It feels like entire different life uh, for this past two weeks. But still, even now, there are artistic videos which are made and reflecting what's happening here. And uh, all the initiatives which are connected with showcasing Ukrainian films all over the world, uh, it's very important because it gives understanding of our talents, of the topics uh, related to Ukraine, not necessarily directly with war events of today or of 2014, but in general, that this is how we are, this is who we are, and these are our talents, and there are many talents, and we want to be heard, and we are part of this uh, world uh, cinema, and we want to be there, and uh, we have the whole right to be there. But of course, we all are now thinking that these two weeks changed our society dramatically. And we are not the same anymore. It may sound quite big, but that's true. And that's the, the reality, that uh, things will be completely different uh, after this is over. And hopefully it will be over soon. We don't know that, uh, of course. We can only hope for now. Tanya, what's your take on the, on the power of cinema and its ability to connect people despite the difficulty of the subject matter? Well, uh, <laughs> how to say, uh, well, an older uh, me would have said that that's um, one of the main topics, main drives of my producer work. So that I strongly believe in the power of uh, cinema and film and its ability to build bridges between people and so tell us something about um, other people. I also have to say that even though I'm sitting here in a very safe place and had a warm shower in the morning and a hot coffee and I'm really far away of 
what's happening in Ukraine, I also feel that the last two weeks changed a lot uh, forever, uh, for a while, and also even for myself. Ukraine has a very, very strong, talented um, people skilled with so many great uh, skills and uh, have people who have so great such so great ideas and are really strong professionals and i i would say it's really time for ukrainian cinema to come up and to be shown and also for some Uk- real ukrainian voices because it's also what i understand in the conversations with my ukrainian colleagues they really suffer from the fact that um, they feel that uh, the rest of the world is looking at them only in connection to Russia. So like Ukraine in somehow connected to Russia, but there's so much more in and about Ukraine to tell about Ukraine, Ukrainian history, culture and uh, people. And so that's why I would completely agree uh, with Yulia. It's, um, it's, I'm looking forward to all the Ukrainian films you would be able to watch in future telling us more about um, this country. Um, we need to um, mention something which our colleagues from uh, Ukraine have been very actively delivering as, as a message. And Yulia is the best place to explain the context to the people who tune in to listen to this podcast. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, Yulia, but it's kind of the full majority of Ukrainian talent who thinks that the efficient, that, that requests demands from international film community to 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 boycott the cooperation with russian state machine correct to boycott the um and that being a response to to what's happening uh in ukraine right now um and even though it's uh not difficult for me to grasp why i've been asked about the explanations since since this whole thing is escalating. And I think that it's only fair to actually offer your insight and your explanation to everyone, despite their nationality and, you know, geographical belonging, why it is so important now for you, representing an Ukrainian film industry, to stand for this boycott. Actually, even though... Here we all agreed that uh, cinema is a powerful tool, but this tool can be also used as propaganda. And Russia has been doing this for many years in all medias. It's not only films, it's uh, we all know about the media. The Let's say Russia Today TV channel is present in many, many countries, newspapers, other online medias and uh, films as well. And here, when the whole world in different spheres, sports, business, um, major film studios in the US, they all understand that there can't be business as usual with Russia when such an aggression, such a barbaric aggression is happening in the 21st century in the middle of Europe. And you just cannot do business as usual like it was before. Of course, I was very much actually surprised because I thought that cultural community is very responsive to political events uh, especially. And now I hear a lot the rhetorics that culture is out of politics, that there are a lot of opposition filmmakers, for example, who 
were doing critical films in Russia. But let's look at uh, this uh, from another point of view. These films were financed by the Ministry of Culture of Russia. They were allowed to do that because there are such filmmakers or activists or public figures uh, in Russia who seem to be uh, in opposition or maybe they are in opposition and they are allowed to be so uh, until the certain point and certain moment. And now we see that they started to speak up. But this is... Um, now uh, we see that this is not how it should be. And also uh, the films, uh, they, bring, they bring benefits to Russia, either if it's an image benefits or uh, actually revenues from the film sales. So how can you sponsor basically the war in Ukraine? I mean, this is how we perceive that. And if we talk about uh, co-production with Russia, how how can you co-produce with an aggressor? And as I said, like all major spheres responded to this directly. But cultural field is a bit vague. And I understand this because I will tell you just very tiny detail. Uh, so you might understand till what point it's actually happening. I remember that several years ago, maybe five years ago, we were organizing Ukrainian Film Week in Strasbourg in a very small cinema with only one screening room. It's very tiny, nice old cinema. And there they had this newspaper, like a program of uh, the schedule of uh, screenings and so on. And I asked uh, something about this newspaper and they said that Russians are actually sponsoring the publishing of this little paper, you know, it's like four pages, six pages uh, program leaflet of the cinema. And uh, except of the actual schedule, they also place different information, articles, whatever. So this is how deep this propaganda actually is there. And I understand that, of course, when this whole image is uh, turning upside down for many people and they they cannot accept this. But we really think that uh, until the moment the last soldier, uh, Russian soldier uh, or Russian tank will leave our territory. You cannot do business or dialogue or whatever with Russians. I'm sorry. Uh, Katie, you will have an opinion on that. So uh, I agree with Yulia because, uh, you know, sometimes we have like a personal ties with, uh, we have a friends in Russia and uh, we have working together for years, but uh, I think in world history knows uh, the examples when uh, whole country, whole nation was uh, sharing responsibility for their regime. So I think uh, filmmakers are not exception uh, and uh, they should uh, take responsibility for a violent regime, uh, despite if their part, a small part was uh, protesting or against of this regime, but sometimes it's necessary for a while to think, rethink what, why, why it happened, why this uh, violent regime has root, uh, such a deep root in their society. I can also add one, one more thing that uh, as many filmmakers or let's say many people know, but maybe not all of them, that uh, main film school, the biggest film school in Moscow, recognized and actually uh, agreed with the aggression towards Ukraine. They said that they support this. So what kind of filmmakers are we talking about? Like what kind of generation they're going to educate and in which way? I think it, it has a history. All we know why these dictators are like um, 
why dictators have society because it's a kind of demand from society and uh, that's why we filmmakers we have responsibility to because we are we have uh, tools to reach a big audience so somehow to prevent kind uh, of uh, uh, dictatorship in our country so where to start where to start I understand completely um, uh, the intention from the bottom of my heart and I really understood even better um, yesterday in the morning when I was in a gas station here in uh, Germany and was just getting some gas for my car and this lady in the car station, uh, gas station started uh, telling me that she's having a friend in Russia and this friend called her and then she would like to tell me that I shouldn't listen to the German media and all of them are lying and all people People, uh, in all people in, in the Soviet Union, that's what she really used this expression in the Soviet Union. All people are so happy and grateful that Putin is finally keeping the Nazis away from the Soviet Union. And I was so shocked by listening to her because I was really, okay, where should I start? Maybe we should start at the point that the Soviet Union doesn't exist since decades anymore. So, And that was the moment in which I really, I felt it to the core of my bones, why it's so important to um, in also involve culture and uh, cultural pol politics into all of this discussions and fights and events um, and I, all the people I have been talking about in Germany, also my Norwegian co-producers from Israel, from other countries in the last days and weeks, all of them, that's at least my bubble, <laughs> agree completely that it's extremely necessary to stop any collaboration to any official state-related beat uh, company or broadcaster, organization, theater, festival, whoever who's any in any way officially connected to the Russian government and uh, yeah, the Putin regime, let's uh, uh, say it like this. But there's really a slight but. I also know that also all of them I have been talking about really seriously worry about some Russian filmmakers or friends they have, so people who had to flee the country in the last couple of days or weeks or have or imprisoned. And I meet how to say it? I, 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 as I said, I really understand the intention and the idea behind uh, the complete boycott on any collaboration with Russia, and I support it. Uh, I just would like to say that I think that at some point, at a certain point, we would need to start thinking about um, the Russian people who are opposing Putin and uh, trying to raise their voices, because I think that... Uh, well, at a certain level, we are kind of supporting uh, Putin if we really reject them completely because those people are isolated and they're in Russia and the society. And I think it's important to, yeah, to shake hands <laughs> with them somehow and to pull them even stronger our direction but um... I cannot agree with that at this <laughs> moment because it's, yes, uh, it's the problem of a completely different level uh, mm -hmm. because two days ago one of the famous actors died uh, mm -hmm. he was killed because uh, yeah. he was not doing what he was is supposed to do he was not acting in film mm -hmm. uh, he was he took the firearm and he went to defend uh, his country and uh, now they had to defend themselves before like they had to mm -hmm. oppose this like we are defending and uh, we are united now 
because that's the response. I mean, that's by choice, but uh, we, we have no choice. We have to defend ourselves. And uh, I think that uh, this is a problem of a different level uh, now because uh, mm -hmm. here it's about survival for filmmakers, for talents who are brilliant people. It's about I, I survival of completely. them and their family. And mm -hmm. it's not about survival uh, now in Russia. Mm -hmm. Uh, it's a survival in maybe in profession, in uh, freedom of uh, movement, uh, but it's not about uh, their lives. Though I would say that this is a really existential ringing bell for all of us, mm -hmm. for Yulia, for Tanya, for Katy, and hundreds and millions of other people who some listen to us now, but others there, because there's no neutrality to what's happening at this stage anymore yeah. and i think that cinema in one way or another has been talking about the subject matter and we know sadly the war in ukraine is not the first war that we are seeing in this world and i think that collective responsibility to the full scale to some extent which has been just voiced here is an important thing because this is how we can stand up together and be part of a very complex process, but somehow aim to come out healthier. But before we do that, and before the industry discusses whatever will be on different platforms and interviews, I think there is one important truth and there is only one desire that is the victory and that this victory needs to stand with Ukraine. Yes. That is what the only thing that all of us can wish for. I don't see any other sense in our actions and whatever is the price, we need to collectively pay for it because this is how we will not be implanting a dic small dictator somewhere else in the world. And I think this is... This is the, the key for us to stop being neutral, to put ourselves in the shoes of others, to understand the gravity of the situation and to understand that this war is happening in Europe. It's not framed somewhere in a tiny little region that have things which they cannot decide upon. So to my regret, this is one of the talks that will be followed by many around the topics that three of you have touched based upon. I think it's time to say very special thanks to Yulia to being so constructive and for participating in this talk. All our thoughts are with you and we only wish for one. Thank you so much. So we see you soon and that we all take responsibility for social integration and show community support, which is normally sad, to really lessen the, the mental and the physical trauma that war projects on you right now. Thank you so much. This was an Industry Insights European Film Markets podcast, co-developed and produced in cooperation with Goethe Institute. Thank you very much to our speakers, Katy, Tanya and Julia. Goodbye.